Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. No. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents. Zach had maggots coming out of his eyes. Written by Magpie Quill. And narrated by Jimmy Ferrer. They were alive. And yes, so was he. The day we spoke for the first time was cloudy and gray. I was carrying the compost bucket from lunch through the schoolyard to where the garden was, way in the back. The gravel path and shrubbery leading up to it was largely ignored by my classmates. A place meant to look pretty, but less entertaining to middle schoolers than the mini soccer field and the swing set. When I slowly lugged the bucket down the path, the squealing and laughing of lunch recess would diminish into background noise behind me. It was on this path, in the little corner by the chicken coop, that I ran into Zach. I knew little about him, other than he was a quiet kid, who sat in the back of the classroom, and that Rex, the seventh grade bully, called him a freak in the hallways. Maybe Rex had gotten to him again. Because he was sitting on the side of the path in the shadow of the chicken coop. And cradling a bruise on the side of his face. I wouldn't have noticed the maggots if I hadn't given his face a second glance. At first I thought he was crying. But his tears were moving up and down his cheeks. When he noticed me. He hugged his knees tightly and stared up at me, frozen like a statue. Like he had never expected anyone to come down here. What I now realized were little white larvae wormed their way around his pale cheeks. Four or five of them. As I stared back at him, another one crawled out of the edge of his left eye, from between the eyeball and the soft part of the eyelid. I saw his throat bob, the toes of his sneakers fidgeted. What's wrong? I asked. Zack blinked. The maggots crawled down his cheeks. He raised a hand to flick them away, 
Like he perhaps thought I was blind, or somehow I hadn't noticed. He was lucky I had been the one to find him that day. As I discovered later in life, most boys grew out of their absolute fascination with bugs by middle school. Fortunately for Zach, I wasn't like most boys. I crouched down quickly and caught his hand before he could swat at the maggots. Don't do that, I said. You're going to crush them. He inhaled sharply. I did too, without knowing. His hand was strangely soft and cold to the touch. I quickly let it go. But bugs Bugs are living things too, I stammered. Then I cleared my throat and straightened up. All life is precious. That's what my dad told me. Zack stared at me. Then, against all odds, he broke into a small smile. You're the pastor's son, right? His voice rustled like a breeze through dry leaves. I had never heard him speak before that. Or maybe I just never bothered to listen. Yeah, I said. You know me? I think I've seen you with him. A long time ago. The maggots slowly wormed their way down his cheek and neck. The sat didn't seem bothered by them. If their little winding trails tickled, he didn't show it. I watched... Strangely transfixed until the tiny white insects disappeared down his collar. Then I stood up and hefted the compost bucket. Where are you going? To feed the worms, I said, jabbing my thumb at the garden. Want to come see? He smiled, a little wider this time. As he pulled himself to his feet, I thought I saw several small, black shapes scurry in the gravel at his feet. We walked into the garden, opened up the wooden trough of the worm farm, and dumped the bucket into it. The worms poked their slimy heads out of their spongy, earth-smelling holes and crawled into leftovers, salads, and apple corns. I put down the empty bucket and watched them with a small sense of pride. You like bugs too? Zack said quietly. Yeah, I replied, closing up the trough again. Bugs are cool. I have a giant ant farm at home. And some beetles I keep secret from my dad. Without another word, Zack turned to me and held out his hand. The sleeve of his button-down shirt shifted and a black and red beetle the size of my thumb crawled into the open palm of his hand. I stared down in awe at the shine of its elytra and the fine fuzz of the hair on its legs. The way it moved, the delicate plates of its carapace sliding in perfect sync with each other. It's beautiful, I muttered. Where did you find it? Bugs are my friends, Zack said simply. He tilted his hand, and the beetle climbed up onto his index finger, where it spread its translucent yellow wings and flew away, 
I waited for him to tell me more. But he turned on his heels in the garden dirt. And that was that. Zack revealed his secrets to me quietly, one by one. We now sat in the dirt behind the chicken coop during lunch recess, tucked away from wandering eyes so that I could watch Zack work his magic. He had been telling the truth. Everything creeping and crawling in the yellow grass and coarse dirt was his friend. Scarab beetles crawled out of the loose soil and onto his sleeves. Long-legged spiders repelled down from his collar. One time, a giant centipede emerged from in between the buttons of his shirt. I cried out in alarm and Zack laughed. His laughter rustled like his voice. A pair of white and brown moths fluttered out of his mouth. Once I was aware of Zack, I couldn't become unaware. There was a mysterious way he kept people from looking his way. He sat quietly at the back of the classroom, and the teacher would sort of see through him, like he wasn't there. The crowds in the hallways after class parted naturally for him, but no one ever talked to him. Here I realized that Sack didn't have any friends. Rex, the seventh grade bully, picked on him regularly. Sometimes people watched. Zack took it all without a word. The pushes and shoves and the occasional blow to his chest or the side of his face as Rex grew enraged by his silence. As he stood there, he held parts of his clothes gently. And I knew it was so that the tiny creatures in his pockets wouldn't be crushed. Zack walked home with me every day. Though my house was closer... I never learned where he lived. One time, when my father wasn't home, I invited him to my room and showed him my beetles. They look happy, he said, peering into the plastic bottles. You think so? Zack nodded. Bugs are simple, he said. If you give them food and a cozy place to stay, they're happy care about them, they'll be your friend. A millipede crawled along the snug cranny between his hair and the curved back of his ear. I wondered how he could tell my beetles looked happy. Even as the millipede slowly slithered into his ear like it was burrowing into the ground. That was the only thing I really wondered about Zack. One day after school, he quietly took me to the old town cemetery. I followed him through the yellowed grass until we stopped at the foot of a small granite gravestone. I stepped up beside Zack and read the thin white inscription. Zachary Wilson, May 3rd, 1999 to September 17th, 2010. A heart of gold and the voice of an angel. I looked back at Zack. His smile trembled. He looked nervous. I waited for him to say something, but he held on to his silence. Is this you? I carefully asked, unable to come up with anything better. He nodded curtly. 
I reached down and touched his shoulder, just to make sure that I could. The folds of his shirt, the cool skin underneath. Once I was absolutely sure he was there, I let out a small laugh. <laughs> Why do you look so nervous? Zack's eyes flooded with relief and he smiled again. His real smile. I don't know, he said. I don't know. For the rest of the afternoon, we sat in the graveyard dirt and played with the roly-poly bugs that crawled on Zack's grave. As the sun dipped and our shadows grew, Zack took in a small breath and began to sing. A gentle chill went through me as I recognized the song. One of the hymns the boys' choir at my father's church would often sing. Amazing Grace. If someone told me that was the voice of an angel, I would have believed him. When I went home that day, I waylaid my father on his way to this basement study and asked him where little boys went when they died. Bittersweet smile lines crinkled around his eyes and he told me that good little boys went to heaven to meet God. I asked him if God ever let little boys go back home. My father said heaven was their home. That next Monday, Rex the bully wrestled me down to the floor on the hallway for looking at Kate Michaels the wrong way. As the grimy bottom of his shoe ground painfully into my chest, I spotted Zach standing amongst the crowd. Hello, Bill Band here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He stared down at me and then took a step back as if he anticipated something. The next moment, hundreds of round black roaches swarmed out from underneath the lockers and scurried up Rex's leg. His face blanched and he screamed. 
and all the kids in the hallway watching us scream too. Rex kicked his legs and shuddered in his gym shorts and bolted down the hallway sobbing. A swarm of cockroaches streamed after him. Zack peeked his head out from around the lockers and smiled. His eyes glittered with mischief. That evening as we made dinner, my father asked me where I had gotten the bottom of a shoe-shaped smudge on my shirt. I told him Rex had pushed me down in the hallway. Then I asked if Rex would go to hell for that. My father said he'd better seek forgiveness. I should forgive him? It would be very brave of you, my father said. You would be giving Rex an opportunity to become a better person. We ate dinner and my father brought me orange juice. And I drank it as he looked at the old photo of my mother and the way that he sometimes did. I was particularly tired that day. And my father tucked me into bed early. Tuesday morning, Rex didn't show up to school. Zack and I joked that he was still running from the cockroaches. Zack laughed quickly and covered his mouth before Kate Michaels and her passing could see the moth fluttering on his tongue. Rex still didn't show up on Wednesday, nor on Thursday. And then on Friday morning, his face was in the newspaper, under the missing children's section. I thought maybe Zack had something to do with it. But he told me he hadn't seen Rex since the cockroach incident. He looked troubled when I told him Rex was missing. I hope someone finds him, I muttered. Zack smiled slightly. Even after what he did to you? My dad says forgiveness gives him an opportunity to become a better person. It's a brave thing to forgive. Zack nodded. Last winter, a few kids had gone missing and there had been rumors about everything from kidnappers to mountain lions. The same had happened a couple years back. But now parents were easily scared. So on Saturday, the sidewalks outside felt a little emptier. I'm sure the police are looking for Rex my father said. Let's pray that they can find him soon. We spent the afternoon playing checkers at the kitchen table. We were on our third or fourth game when the doorbell rang. I went to open the door and was surprised to find Zach standing there. Zach, I said, what are you doing here? Is Pastor Nick home? He quietly asked. My dad? Why? I need to see him. I turned to look at my father, and Zack squeezed past me through the doorway. Pastor Nick? My father looked up from the checkerboard, and then, in an instant, his eyes widened and his face turned white as a sheet. His lips trembled, but no words came out. It's good to see you again, Zack said softly. 
My father bolted to his feet, sending his stool clattering across the hardwood floor. You, he stammered. How? Zack tilted his head. Wasn't it you who always told us there's life after death? In all my life, I had never seen my father afraid. Not even when we had forgotten the turkey in the oven last Thanksgiving and the whole kitchen got engulfed in flames. But now, he was afraid. As Zack walked closer to him, step by step. Why didn't I make it to heaven, Pastor? My father pressed his back against the kitchen table and whimpered something that died at the back of his throat. Zack gazed up at him steadily as he slowly undid the buttons of his cuffs. Maybe God couldn't recognize me anymore, he said quietly. Not after what you did to me. He pulled up his sleeves and I gasped. Deep gashes circled his wrists and forearms. White cuts oozing, purple blood like someone had carved his arms into little pieces and then messily stuck them back together. His skin was gray around the wounds and pockmarked with red craters. As I watched in horror, maggots and beetles crawled out of the holes and crept along the open seams of his flesh. They were all his friends. I knew. As I stood there frozen, my father gasped for breath. Zack reached his hand up to his mouth and made a small sound, somewhere between a cough and a choking noise. I saw the soft skin of his throat tremble, and then a giant brown scorpion crawled out from between his open lips and onto the palm of his hand. Tell me, Zack muttered as the scorpion raised its tail, tipped with a wicked black stinger the size of my thumbnail. Rex is in there right now, isn't he? My father cried and pleaded for mercy. I just watched, numbly. He deserves forgiveness, Zack said. Just like you told your son. But you... Pastor Nick, are a pitiful hypocrite. He lifted his hand and the scorpion leaped onto my father. My father screamed and clawed at his shirt. But all that was needed was a single swipe. A flash of the stinger. Scorpion rolled out onto the floor. At the same time that my father's knees buckled. Zack quietly knelt down and scooped up the scorpion in his hands as my father slammed into the floor, twisting smastically. My friend gazed down sadly at the scorpion's crushed carapace and flailing legs. I'm sorry, he whispered. You were so brave. He gently cradled the dying creature and looked up at me. Rex is in the basement, he said. A sad smile in his eyes. And you find him. Will you let him know that I forgive him too? I stared down at my father, shivering on the floor with his eyes rolled back in his head, choking and 
fighting for his breath. And Zack, who slowly slumped back against the kitchen table and closed his eyes. Zack, it's been nice, he whispered. It was nice having friends again. The scorpion wriggled weakly in his hands. Zack smiled. A rise and fall of his chest grew shallow, and his face began to turn pale. The purple blood on his arms turned black. The earthy scent of decay filled the room, like the smell that came up from the worm farm. When the scorpion stopped moving, I slowly turned around, walked into the living room, picked up the phone, and dialed 911. Once I finished talking to the dispatcher, I turned back around. Zack was gone. A small swarm of white and brown moss fluttered against the light of the kitchen window. I opened the window, and they flew into the sky. The police found Rex, tied up and drugged in the basement, where there used to be a storage space, adjacent to the study before it was stripped bare and the door concealed using a bookshelf. The emergency medical technicians monitored my father until he woke up and then promptly put him under arrest. Six counts of murder, they said. I told the officers what happened, but of course no one believed me. I moved to my aunt and uncle's house in the city and was enrolled in a new school. I would never get to learn if Rex ever went back to school. One day, I took a bus to the downtown library and sifted through the newspaper archives until I found Zach's photo. From all the way back in 2010 under the missing children section. He was smiling in the photo, wearing a white and brown robe of the boys' choir at my father's church. It crossed my mind that someone must have found his body for him to be declared dead and given a burial. But I decided not to look for those papers. My aunt and uncle hate bugs more than most things. And things like blowflies and moths usually don't last a minute. But sometimes I spot the bugs before they do. And if I'm lucky, I can scoop them into a jar unnoticed and let them go outside. Sometimes, I hope Zack finally made it into heaven. I pray for him on lonely nights, when I remember to pray without my father reminding me. And sometimes, I look out my window and listen for soft voices in the wind, secretly wishing Zack is still out there, laughing and singing to the small creeping creatures hidden underneath the earth. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us. Creepy Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
or email us at creepypod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of Creepy, for disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. SCP Archives, with full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from the LGBTQ perspective. The Boo Crew, for horror-centric interviews. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.